This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday, the 5th of November. So Norman, I don't know if you're a big fan of superhero movies, but (laughs) everyone loves a gritty origin story. For example, Batman or like the Superman ones and that sort of thing. And one of the things that we don't really know about coronavirus, incredibly given that we're nearly a year into this pandemic, is where it actually came from. So why don't we know this? We have so much research um, resources going into it and we actually still really don't even know where it came from. Yep, COVID, the prequel. (laughs) Well, it's no mystery why we don't know, is the Chinese haven't let people in to find out. It turns out that when uh, the initial WHO group went in, they had very restricted access um, and subsequently very little access to Wuhan, they haven't been able to go to the live food, the wet food market, the wet seafood market. It turned out that when they went to the, when they eventually got there, it was all cleaned up and it was uncertain where they'd swabbed and what they'd taken samples from. The so-called independent inquiry that's going on run by WHO, turns out the Chinese are actually not going to let independent scientists in to run the process, that it'll be Chinese scientists who do it. Everything is conspiring against finding out where this virus came from. It's really serious because if we don't find out where it came from and the circumstances in which it came from, how are you going to prevent it next time? And it's not just a story for China, it's a story for elsewhere because there are bats throughout the world. And if we know how this happened, then we should be able to understand this a bit further. We all should be able to understand the animal origin of it and how it evolved in that animal. And once you keep this less than transparent, conspiracy theories abound. So it would be actually quite reasonable to think, well, if Chinese are so anxious, is it because it did escape from a lab, which is still possible, but unlikely. And so it is unlikely. So given that, why are they worried? Well, they're worried because they stuffed it up in December and January, they suppressed information, they victimised people who were wanted to speak up about it. Unless you're transparent about this, you can't control it. And then it spun out of control and spread to the rest of the world. So there's a loss of face that's potential there for China. And if China doesn't change the way they do things, this is going to happen again. Yeah, it's become really politicised, which it totally shouldn't be. It's something that's affecting everyone globally. It shouldn't be a political thing. But the other question I had for you, Norman, is what sort of access would scientists have needed or what sort of samples would they need to be able to unpick this backstory? They should have been able to go through the wet food market within a day or two of the problem arising. So the WHO should have been notified. Chinese ask for help, come in, have a look, help us to control this. Uh, so people get in right at the beginning and you know, really in a collaborative sense, find out where this came from, how to control it, how to stamp on it. Also do serious contact tracing as to where, when you've only got a few people, relatively speaking, infected at that point, you could do contact tracing and trace this back to where it might have come from in November. But that's now lost in history. Right. So that might never be possible. And I guess on one hand, you could go, well, we don't know. So sorry about that. We've got to move on. But like you say, knowing or understanding as much as we can is really key to managing the next inevitable pandemic that is going to happen at some stage down the track. Yes, because if you know that uh, a large bat colony of a particular species is a risk, 
then you manage that risk accordingly. And you know, in terms of human access to it, to uh, human encroachment on the areas where these bat colonies live, it could be another animal entirely. It could be the pangolin or something else. We just don't know. And we don't know whether the first transfer was from bats to an intermediate animal or straight to humans. These things are things that count in terms of how you deal with it. It may be that live animals from the wild being sold in the market were a problem, or it may be that they weren't a problem. And that goes to regulation of these wet markets. There's lots of information that you could know, but we don't. And, and of course, we're taking some of this information from an opinion piece, and there were other comments made by the writers of it. Yeah, it's from an opinion piece in the Proceedings for the National Academy of Sciences Journal. They're making the same points as you, Norman, that we really need to understand the origins of this virus to stop the next pandemic, um, as morbid as it sounds to be thinking about that future. Uh, so the sequence of the pandemic virus genome only tells us so much, and there are other political factors at play. And so really, even though some of those samples that you mentioned at the source of the outbreak are lost to time, there's still other things that can be done to understand it better. So um, what they're asking for is a, a better collaboration internationally, not just between the United States and China, but other countries as well. And, um, and that conflicts of interest by researchers and other players need to be revealed and addressed so that um, people can have a really clear understanding of who's who in the game, like you said before, to sort of stop those conspiracy theories from circulating. And uh, the World Health Organization needs some spine in this. And so far, they've buckled to China almost at every turn. Yeah, so that's really interesting. And I mean, this is playing out in real time. And one of the countries that's held up as a real example of how to stamp out the virus is New Zealand. But they're just sort of showing that stamping it out once, it's not a one and done. They've had another community outbreak there. Yes, in Christchurch, uh, in, in hotel quarantine, with a Russian, Russian seaman and the, um, so that's as in sailors rather than <laughs> sexually transmissible COVID-19. So it just shows you, and we've been talking about it now on CoronaCast for a while, is that, yep, there was a scandal in Victoria and that allowed it to escape from hotel quarantine, ancient history, but it does mean that you can never relax about quarantine. We're bringing in people all the time with COVID-19, with the COVID-19 virus, and we've just got to be super careful. And as, as we said in yesterday's show, they're not all going to go to Harvard Spring, the camp there that's been turned into a quarantine station. They're going to go elsewhere as well into hotels. And we've just got to be super careful. They're always going to be coming in. So one of the things that got me about the stories in New Zealand was even though that, that country is more or less virus-free, one of the ways that they found out where one of these healthcare workers had gone was their local covid uh, tracing app. And people are still using it, even though there's virtually no virus around, which was a real reminder that here in Australia, we should be doing the same thing, taking the measures, the contact tracing measures that we need to be doing ahead of time, just in case there is an outbreak. Yes. And just speaking of that, um, the New South Wales government must have been listening to CoronaCast because they <laughs> are going to mandate that restaurants, bars, etc. have the capacity to take QR codes. They're recommending that they do it through the centralised service New South Wales one, which is a really good QR code because they don't for, it doesn't forget your name and you only have to put in your name once and then whenever you go to a new venue, 
It just does everything automatically for you. It's really easy and it also makes the contact tracing easy. So it's a really good move by the New South Wales government. And just to demystify QR codes a little bit, because it's one of the things that we're getting a lot of questions from the audience about, especially people who don't have maybe the latest smartphone or people who are elderly and maybe don't feel as confident with um, new technologies. Basically, it's like a barcode that your phone can scan and then it just takes you to an online form that you fill out with your own details in it. That's right. So it's just point and play. So you point it with your camera and it picks it up. And even the dumbest phones these days have a camera, picks it up, you tap on it and it takes you to the QR code. And if you live in New South Wales and you're paying you know, driver's licence, uh, that sort of thing, you, you usually have access to Service New South Wales, but even not, it's fairly simple to do it. And I'm sure the 14-year-old at the door can help you, the 50-year-old who doesn't feel competent to deal with it. That's right. There's lots of benefits um, of them. I'm sure that there's some downsides as well, but I personally hate using a pen to fill out my personal details on a form that can be seen by anyone and everyone touches the same pen. It just doesn't feel very COVID safe. And it just allows contact tracing to, be, to happen really, really quickly. So we've got, we've got just got time for one question from the audience uh, today, Norman, and this one's from Matthew, who's been having a glass of scotch every night to kill any virus that he might have caught throughout the day. And Matthew wants to know, will this work? Or if not, at least will he get some placebo effect from it? I, I think the placebo effect is perfectly fine with a glass of scotch. Of course, it depends on which scotch you drink. But, um, you know, the more expensive it is, the better the placebo effect. <laughs> What's your preferred uh, scotch purveyor, Norman? Uh, you know, this is the ABC. I'm not allowed to advertise. You know, that, that secret will remain with me. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. If you want to ask a question, please do and go to uh, abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click Ask a Question and mention Coronacast so we can pick it up. And we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then. <laughs>